The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. I am interviewing today Lindsay McCormick. She is the founder of Bite Toothpaste Bits. Now, if you're into the zero waste movement, you have probably found out that normal tubes of toothpaste are a big problem in our life because they can't be recycled. Now, there are some alternatives, such as making your own toothpaste, which I haven't had very much success with. I find it doesn't taste very good. And my kid is not a fan of making making his own toothpaste either. We did find a zero-waste store that sells it in our jars, but it's three hours from our house. And, of course, the other option is to get those tubes. So, Lindsay has an alternative for us. They are tabs that you bite down and then brush your teeth with. So she's going to tell us all about it coming up on the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with us. Of course. I've been listening to your podcast and I was like, oh, there's so many great interviews and tips. I I definitely wanted to be a part. It's awesome what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we've had some incredible guests on the show, and there are so many people just like you with such a good story who are doing so many amazing things uh, to help the world because toothpaste tubes, there's really nothing you can do with them, right, except for throw them in the trash afterward? Yeah, you can try to recycle them, and that's what they like to say, but no one does. They always get thrown out. You'd have to cut them open, and they get recycled, and it's... doesn't happen. So they end up in landfills or the ocean. And it's 1 billion toothpaste tubes a year worldwide. Um, And they just they're, you know, they're made of that super thick plastic, they have a wrapper around them as well. So it does a lot of damage to the environment and surrounding with those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just such a it's such a shame, really, that uh, that we have to be using these things. And of course, there's a toothbrush movement. So if you're listening and you're into the zero waste movement, some of the early beginnings for a lot of people is to start thinking about that toothbrush, and then you start thinking about the toothpaste. So you have an awesome solution for us. So yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, about your alternative to the toothpaste tubes. So I was traveling all the time for work, and I was using those little toothpaste tubes that you can get through with TSA, and I was throwing them out, and I just all of a sudden envisioned one day this, you know, tower of toothpaste tubes in a landfill, and I was like, this isn't right. Like, I've done so many things in my life to, you know, stop my consumption of plastic and to mitigate this and that. It just seemed like, how did I not make that connection, you know? And so I started looking into alternatives, and I wasn't in love with anything that was out there. You know, there was tooth powder, but that was also sold in plastic mm-hmm. or it was, it, I didn't like how it tasted or it was really messy. And then there are other tablets, but also in, in plastic. And I was like, I really, I feel like there's, there's something to be done here and to make it more sustainable. And so I started experimenting and it started with like, you know, every, I tried a million different things that didn't work and then finally started kind of honing in on my formula 
and just trying over and over again until I was starting to press out tablets that I was happy with that were going to be effective and that could be pressed in a tableting machine in my living room, actually. Wow. So, How did yeah. you think about the tablets instead of a paste? Because that's quite a shift, right? Yeah, well, it was. it started with the idea of how do I get this out of plastic, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if, it, if it's going to be a paste, I just felt like it would be really hard to get that out of glass. Like, I knew I wanted a glass container. And I was like, okay, so what can go in a glass container? And so there was powder, but that was kind of a disaster. It gets everywhere. So messy. And the tablets were really the only natural option at that point. And so that's kind of how it all started of just being like, how do I put this in glass or something that's infinitely recyclable? It's so smart. And what I love, too, is that you have this refill program because I love glass, but I've said this before that glass will last for thousands of years, too. So I try Mm -hmm. to be careful with, like, just purchasing tons and tons of glass, and I try to reuse them. So you've actually made this possible that we can reuse our glass container because you ship out in cardboard. Is that right? great about glass is that it can go from recycling back to shelves in 30 days. But the whole point of what we're doing, I feel like, is, you know, recycling is great, but reusing is is top priority, you yes, know? And yeah. so you, I have, I would look at these, like, well-made, you know, like, you look at even just, like, a, a pasta jar where you're like, this is such a nice thing, and just, just to throw it out or recycle it right after it, I was like, why don't we come up with a way to just keep on reusing these? And so right now... Originally, it was a glass bottle with a cardboard refill pack, and now we're actually using um, a glass bottle in the four months with a compostable refill packet. So basically, your first your first four months, you get a four-ounce jar of tablets, and then from there on out, you'll be getting a compostable uh, packet full of tablets. So you have you never have to, you know, that can be the only bottle you'll ever need. That's so amazing. And this is, I feel like you've thought this through so much because this is obviously kind of what we're missing a lot when we have a business plan. It's like, what do we do with the end of use? And you're like, here, mm-hmm. I've got all of these solutions for you. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah, that's, I'm obsessed. <laughs> like, it's like I, love, I love figuring it out and trying to just always improving and making it more eco-friendly and sustainable. Um, because for me, you know, my background was in TV. I didn't, I wasn't a business owner. I didn't do any of these things. And so like the real reason I started this company was because I saw something that we were doing that seemed, you know, kind of crazy to me just throwing out these toothpaste tubes and I wanted to solve that. So like every decision that I make is, is, is really putting the environment first. Um, and that's, that's kind of something that I definitely stick to as, as the company begins to continues to grow and scale. Awesome. And your ingredients are, are quite healthy too, right? Yeah. So basically the three main ingredients are dicalcium phosphate, xylitol, and erythritol. And the great things about these is that they've been, they've been basically proven in dental care for, to be effective, but they're also not like terrible for the environment. When you look at hydrated silica and you look at some of the other stuff that the big guys use, you're just they're they're basically using the cheapest ingredients possible that are not, you know, in any way sustainable or necessarily even good the best for our teeth. And so I did a lot of um, research. I actually started taking online chemistry classes myself through oh, wow. open source um yeah, websites. And I talked to every dentist and dental hygienist who would talk to me trying to figure out like what is an option and what is the best thing that we can do that's, you know, not only effective and safe for us as people, but also um, not as harmful to the planet. 
Right. And included in that, your product is vegan. And I saw that you don't test on animals either, right? Right. Yeah. And that's something that um, that's always been I'm personally vegan. So that's something that's always been just part of my my ethos. So that was like no question. Um, But then when I started looking into traditional toothpaste and like the, the requirements, it's just I didn't even realize that that was a thing that animal testing was happening with toothpaste. So Mm -hmm. that was something that I was like, well, absolutely no, we're not doing that. And so that's a very important part of the company as well. And what's the Leaping Bunny certification? The lab that we have our tablets manufactured, it's actually, it's a woman-run solar-powered lab in Los Angeles. Like I couldn't have been more like over the moon to find them. And they are Leaping Bunny certified. So they are the ones. So like I do want to eventually get my Leaping Bunny certification to be forward facing on that. But at least I know that all of the ingredients they've sourced and everything that they do to keep their Leaping Bunny certification that that I have that going for me as well. So that certification is just that you don't test on animals and the products are vegan. Is that what it's all about? Yeah. Yes. So the Leaping Bunny certification is that nothing is tested on animals and and nothing is derived from animals from the vendors and um, from and the actual ingredient vendors. Cool. So, so so you have a lab where everything's made now. So what was it mm-hmm. like starting off in your living room? Because I've watched your video, <laughs> which is great, by the way. The video makes me so hopeful for the world. It's so well done. You're using these machines. Like, were those in your living room? Because they're pretty big machines. <laughs> yeah, they're huge. It was one of those things that one thing led to another. Like, it was first I bought this little tiny handheld machine, and then I was like, this doesn't work. Then I bought, like, a hand crank machine, and then that wasn't bigger. And the next thing I know, I have, like, this huge piece of equipment in like our spare, you know, office kind of like rec room. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is where we are now. Um, So it just kind of kept on getting bigger and bigger. Um, And then and then finally, it got to the point where I was like, I think I need to bring bring the pros in on this to to be able to keep up. Mm -hmm. And so, so you get the pills sort of pressed or not pills, but tablets, sorry. And then Mm -hmm. you you put them in your mouth, and you bite down and then does it foam? Yes. Yep, exactly. It. You pop it in your mouth, kind of like a Smarties, what I say. It's like similar to you bite down, and when you start brushing your teeth with a wet toothbrush, it'll activate. We have a natural foaming agent that it will activate and um, start foaming, just like what you're used to with regular toothpaste, but without parabens or sodium lauryl sulfate. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah. And then obviously, <laughs> because the ingredients are so safe uh, and healthy, that it's you know it's definitely fine to be putting in your mouth and down the drain and all that stuff. So, yes, absolutely. And that was one of the things that was really important to me too to know that we're not doing damage um, to the water system as well. So that's um, yep, all of our ingredients are are that as well. That's awesome. And then you've got the subscription service, which is fantastic because I'm all about not shopping as much as I can. Like I try and grow my own yeah. veggies and, and jar stuff and stay away because the grocery stores are a little bit depressing for me because that's where I see everybody put like one pepper in a plastic bag. And then they put that plastic bag with the pepper in another plastic bag to carry it out. And it's I'm unreal. like, this yep. is madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the subscription would be awesome because, you know, toothpaste, it's usually like a, a drugstore that you have to go in and everything is plastic in there too, or the grocery store. So it's kind of nice to have that subscription service. But then there's something like you use regular roots or something like to try and even yeah. make. So that was another part of like my obsession is figuring out because if we're going to be delivering these 
to people, right? We need to make sure that we're not like negating all of the work that we're doing by by using like having a huge carbon footprint. So we chose to go with the USPS, which is um, they, in the U.S., they do like their regular postal routes. So no matter, you know, five days a week, I think it's maybe six days a week, every single day, the post postal worker is going to come by your house and that is just already predetermined. So we use them as opposed to private companies where the route is created just for you. So um, the way we, we kind of explain it is like it's like the public transit of the postal system because they're all kind of it's just hitching a ride on um, routes that are already happening as opposed to actually having a driver put your package in his car and bring it directly to your house um, mm-hmm. or, you know, from the thing to your house. So that's something that I, I had to definitely go back and forth and do a bunch of research on and then decide that that was the course we were going to use. That's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. And I see that you're just available in the U.S. right now. And actually, uh, more than half of our listeners are American. So that's super awesome. But for the rest of them, is international shipping coming we're anytime soon? working on it. Yeah. Yes. So we're working on it. That was one of the things that we wanted to be able to. When we first started, we did have international shipping. And like that is the goal. I, I want to be able to get bite to everybody who wants it. But we just need to figure out like what is the most like reliable as well as eco-friendly way that we can do it. And um, we were finding that things were, they were not hopping the public transit situation. And, you know, and I just wanted to make sure that we were doing everything right and sticking to our, our ethos as a company before we expand again internationally to stick with how we're trying to keep things very eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we are, we are totally planning on doing that soon. That's awesome. Yeah. That's tricky when you start factoring in airplanes and, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So maybe it would be a franchise option where you like set up the machine in a different country and then, then it just ships right from there. We're looking into this. I think we're thinking out of the, after the holidays when kind of all this craziness is done, we're going to really hone in on how do we, how do we do this and what do we, how do we want to, how to make this the the best way possible and still be able to deliver product all over the world and, uh, and mitigate our footprint as well. This is so much work for just you. Do you have partners? So my boyfriend is working with me right now. He works in tech startups and he's a really talented designer. So he's been helping me that we kind of had like a website overhaul um, a few weeks ago. And that was him. Um, It's way better than my little like (laughs) Shopify template that I was using previously. And, uh, And I also have a girl up in San Francisco who's helping with customer service remotely. But that's that's it. That's our team. We're wow. small but mighty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is so much work. And, you know, I've I've just been so amazed by people like you and then uh, Lynn Frisinger from Swedish Stockings and Melody Reynolds from LA Cosmetics. And uh, I mean, the list could go on and on of these women. And of course, like there's men out there, too, that are doing this, this too, or any gender. But it's just so amazing to see uh, people take on so much and take a problem and then make a business out of it. And we we hear a lot in the news, oh, like, you know, we can't fight for the environment or you're going to lose jobs. And I don't think that's true because there is mm-hmm. so much opportunity for, for entrepreneurship and for people to create businesses that are doing good things for the world. I think, like, to, to you know, the world's credit, I really think that people are waking up. And I think that a lot more people, like, I don't think that the idea for Byte could have existed five years ago. I don't even know if it could have existed three years ago. I really feel like it, mm-hmm. in the past, you know, year or so or even two years, there's been this huge push where people are like, what are we doing? And they're willing to, like, spend that extra money because that's the thing, too, that I learned with building Byte. It's like when you want to do something different that not everyone's 
doing and you want to like continue to you know use the best ingredients and continue to research and source it's like it's not as cheap as what's available you know and so when you have people who are willing to take a chance on a new product and and pay a premium for that as we all try to get off the ground it's like so inspiring to me that like regular customers are doing that you know and Mm -hmm. so and I think that like what it really does is by them supporting these small companies, it kind of shows the big guys, like, maybe there's a market here. And it's like, I think all of our goals is to just keep pushing industry, like no matter where we are in a more sustainable direction, you know, and I think that like, by showing there's a market for this, and by doing that, we start to really make an impact on the big guys who are really running everything. So yeah, I'm really grateful for this time. Yeah. And, you know, as economies of scale increase, right, things will get a little bit cheaper eventually as you can start buying in bigger bulk uh, to Mm -hmm. make your products. So it's all it's all a process. And uh, Colgate here in Canada refused to do the program with TerraCycle, I heard, where (sighs) you can like send in your toothbrushes and I think toothpaste tubes because they do it in the U.S. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of that. But if you have that toothpaste tube to get rid of before you make yeah. the switch, um, yeah, Colgate wouldn't just said there's no interest in Canada. So that's kind of too bad. So there's another reason to. Which is to- so crazy to me because I have so many people from Canada who are like, I want to buy, like, when are you selling it? You know, oh, I'm like, good. oh my gosh, like, it's amazing. And when we were able to ship internationally, when we were shipping that, so many people were from Canada. So there is such a movement up there. Wow. So that's unfortunate. But, you know, it's like that kind of archaic way of thinking, I feel, is it's on the outs. You know, and I think that customers are, are proving that. Yeah. Zero Waste Daniel said the funniest thing to me. He said, you can still be a capitalist and do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I know. That's very true. I believe there's so much opportunity for people and there's so many problems to solve. And like, there's so many, you know, ways of the status quo that can be questioned and made more sustainable. And I think that anybody who really, who wants to tackle that, and now is the time, you can set up a thing on Shopify, you can send things out yourself. Like, it's a really great time to start a business, and it's a really great time to to try to solve these hard problems that we're all facing. Absolutely. That's so well said. So, Lindsay, I would like to know a little bit more about you. So you said that you you were traveling a lot and you just realized, like, I need to stop throwing these toothpaste tubes out. So what what else do you do in your life that's zero waste? So that's that's an awesome question. I am like a firm believer that it's the little it's like the little things every day. Like we like to say every Mm -hmm. little bit counts. So everything from just having like I have this water bottle that I carry around with me every every single place that I go all the time. So I never have to worry about buying a plastic water bottle or, you know, not having not not being hydrated and everything Mm -hmm. from, you know, replacing saran wrap to just all of the little things, the everyday things that we touch. And I think that it's intimidating, but it's, oh, my tiffins. I bring them to restaurants. Oh, and nice. it's like the first few times you feel ridiculous, you know, when you <laughs> ask them to get get it put in there. But people are people are great. I really feel like also that, that the whole uh, straw movement has really helped because now it's like when you ask for no straw at a restaurant, like everyone gets it. And then when you bring out your tiffin, it's like, okay, well, clearly like this they this is their lifestyle. Um, and I think that it's just, it's more being prepared and not feeling ridiculous for Mm -hmm. asking for these things, you know? And I remember like when I first brought my little glass, like, um, what is it? My glass tumbler, I guess is what they're called to Starbucks. Like you feel so 
weird. But then it's like after the first few times, it's like people don't even, it doesn't matter anymore, you know? And I think that that's, those are the kind of things of just the everyday, the everyday audit of what can I do differently? So that's something that I try to really, really hold to. And I think that what's helpful about that is that when you're in line at Starbucks and you see one person do it, even if you don't know who they are, you start thinking like, huh, I could do that too, you know? And so I think that that's, um, that's something that I try to do. Oh, that's <laughs> so sure. good. That is a hard thing to break into. And I really, I don't even like doing it now too much. Just bringing your yeah. own container and asking someone who's never been asked before if you can get your food or your drink in there. And we went to a little winter festival here a couple of weeks ago, and I just brought a regular mug from <laughs> from our cupboard, like just a regular coffee yeah. mug for my yeah. kid because I knew they were going to be giving hot chocolate out to kids. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. Ronan, you can take this and go get your hot chocolate. And the women were like really confused. Like they, didn't, they, were, they weren't sure how to <laughs> no, fill it up. I and... love that you did that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And you know what really works too is, you know, sometimes the whole point is not consuming. So they're like, well, if I had to buy all this stuff, what's the point? But it's like, you can just bring mason jars. You can mm-hmm. honestly bring a mason jar to Starbucks or whatever coffee thing. And there's ounces measured on it. Like they can see oh. like what it's supposed to be. And then you have a little top. So you don't even have to, yeah, and it's, you know, it's like you can get fancy and have those little tumblers with the cute top and everything, but or you could also just use a mason jar. <laughs> you know, easy. I've always been afraid to use a mason jar because I thought it would get hot on my hands. I guess I'm just kind of used to it, but it's not, it's not so bad. Like no. even, I even drink like hot tea out mm. of a mason jar, like boiling water tea out of my mason jar and I... Cool. It's like maybe you hold the top at the very beginning, yeah. but then as soon as it cools down to a point where you can drink it, you're, you're fine. Oh, yeah. And it's just like um, getting over the, like the fear of feeling weird. Oh, and getting like changing out your purse to be big enough to hold all that stuff, you know, because <laughs> it's like it's not it doesn't do you any good thing at home. So now it's like it's my little tiny purse that I used to be is now like a messenger bag, you know, but it's yep. like it's fine. I have my stuff. It's, it's OK, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, the more you carry, the less you're throwing out, I guess. That's the issue with glass is that it can be heavy sometimes. Uh, so, mm-hmm. and I, I bring glass everywhere. I bring glass jars to restaurants in case I have leftovers. Mm-hmm. I bring them to, you know, bulk shopping places um, everywhere. And it can be a little bit frustrating. So it'd be really nice if there is, like, a bag maker who could just design a bag where the inside has like these places for jars so that they're separated and they're not like clink clinking around. Ah, I think that would be really nice. That's a brilliant idea. That can be your business idea. Yeah. You can make them and and sell them on Shopify. I think that's a really good idea because then they won't be clanging all around getting all over. Right. Everywhere. Yeah. And And also, or like, or bundling all in one corner and making the bag all lopsided. That happens too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I always take like I have these cloth bags where I put like rice and beans and stuff in at the bulk store. Mm-hmm. So I try and like separate my glass jars with those. <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's smart. Yeah, but it, it, it would be nice if the bag like held it. And also like forks and knives too, if you want to take those around. But it's funny you said the thing about the straws, like how good of a movement it is because it gets people thinking. It's like the tip of the iceberg. It's the start of yep. why am I drinking out of garbage, right? And the cool part yeah. is, Like, I have a metal straw, and then I'm like, why am I carrying this metal straw around? Because I'm not going to buy a garbage cup anyway, right? Right. So I just don't even use my metal straws, really, because 
I wouldn't buy that garbage cup. Um, and anything I buy, I typically can just like drink out of. But but some people need straws, and some people just prefer them. So they're they're super awesome to buy the bamboo straws or or the metal ones. Right. I tried a paper straw for the first time, and it didn't disintegrate. I think I probably drank my drink too yeah. fast, but they were fine. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice thing. Like, I know in L.A., um, Malibu totally banned the straw, like, banned uh, plastic straws. So now it's, like, a lot of times if you don't ask for a straw, like, you, they just don't serve a drink with a straw, which is mm-hmm. so great. And then if you do ask, like, there's people who are like, I like a straw. It's a paper one. And I just think that that's such, like, a common sense way to deal things, like, to deal with things. And I think that it's good for bar and restaurant owners, too, because – they're, they're saving money and they're saving, you know, they don't, they don't have so much trash. So mm-hmm. I think like those kind of common sense solutions are, are pretty, pretty great and a step in the right direction. Absolutely. And it's always kind of like shocking when, when I like I'm out of LA or, or, you know, out of, or go to a restaurant and I forget to say no straw. And then you're like, no, you're like, <laughs> I am not in Los Angeles anymore. You know, you're like, oh, I will forever carry around this straw as like my guilt for the next two and a half weeks for not saying no straw. So I think that's, you know, um, oh we all, you know, there's always, it's like you try the best you can, I think, too, yeah. sometimes as well. Yeah, it's interesting so. to see the different areas who are super into it. Like I was in Wyoming this summer and everywhere I went, there's just so much like garbage um, at the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was weird. Why is it that California cares so much? Is it because California is so beautiful and people learn to respect like what's around them? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I don't know. We're all a bunch of hippies. I don't know. It's (laughs) also, I think that, like, it is the fact that the state is just so, you know, up north. You have the the forest and, you know, along the coast, there's the ocean. I also think that there's, it's like a really big, and don't quote me on the stats. I have no idea. But I feel like it's a really big transplant state. And a lot of people who move, because, like, I'm originally from Virginia. um, But I think, like, a lot of people who move there kind of have similar mentalities of, you know, eco-friendly and, you know, animal rights and all of these things. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that also is kind of a reason that that's there. You know, we all become Californians, but we most likely started somewhere else. But, like, the mindset drew us there that kind of then just continues to cement that mindset, I think. But, But, yeah, it's um, it's a great place for people like like me to live you know there's like vegan options on every corner and they're pretty progressive when it comes to waste as well yeah i even heard actually california was thinking about introducing a law where where restaurants had to have an option i'm not sure if it was a vegan option or a vegetarian option on menus but i thought that was cool yeah, I, you know what, I read that too. I scanned the top of that article, so I didn't actually read it. But Me And I think it also included, like, lunch programs for kids. That's cool. Which is just awesome. You know, that's, like, so great. Because I remember, like, I I was I tr- was trying to be vegan in middle school in Virginia, and my options, like, I literally remember my lunches being French fries and Skittles, because that was oh the gosh. only option at it. Because, you know, it's like, you're too old to, like, bring a lunch from home. You don't want to do that. But, like... Uh, you know, those are my options. And I was like, that's crazy. So yeah, it's any step in the right direction or any step in that direction is pretty awesome. Yeah. And you know, with more and more kids are doing that, it's very important that kids get the right balance of everything they need. And so if you're cutting out meat from your diet, you need a lot of other things like beans and and legumes and like just mm-hmm. healthy stuff. Vegetables. So yeah, like every, yeah. everything, right? Um, and so you can definitely yeah. do it, but you have to do it, it right to make sure that you're healthy. So French fries and Skittles are a, a bit far from maybe, I, maybe I've been like five inches taller. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, um, I find Australia is really, really into this stuff too. So I feel like Australia would like to probably buy uh, some of these. I know. Okay, it's bits. funny. So Australia, like Canada, Australia, and like a lot of UK, I feel like mm-hmm. they are very represented in people who are like, we need this here. So, um, and that that just goes to show me, I'm like, okay, wow, there are pockets in, in all over the world of people who are really trying to make these differences. Oh, isn't that so nice? Well, this is so great yeah. to learn about this. And I always get, I always say like nice things about people and their businesses, but I feel like I get so fired up every time I talk to someone like you. Like, it's just so nice to, to hear what you're doing and that you're making something that can like save us all really. Like it's, you don't really think about your toothpaste tube, but then once you think about it and you think about everybody else's toothpaste tube, it's a massive, massive problem, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like you've just solved like a world problem and... <laughs> I really hope that a lot of people buy your your stuff, and I I look forward to trying them uh, one day. You so, know what? I um, me and my kid have trouble making our own because of the baking the baking uh, is it baking soda? Mm-hmm. I think it's baking soda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my kid just won't use them with baking soda, yeah. uh, which really sucks. Like I will, but it's like gross. <laughs> so. Right, and it's like, and I get like baking soda is great because so I've done I've like nerded out on so many of these dental studies, and it's a baking soda is like so good for the pH in your mouth. It like restores it, and it's good. You know, it's it's a it's a good thing, but man, that taste is really hard to combat. So when I was doing um, for when I was formulating bite, that was the, one of the main things. I was like, I want to be able to make sure I have this because I do know it is good. It does balance the pH of your mouth. It is an important thing, but like it's brutal tasting, and you can taste it all day. So that's I had to. That's why it's definitely xylitol and erythritol based to kind of combat that and and have that mint flavor and sweet flavor as opposed to as opposed to that that telltale baking soda taste. Mm-hmm. So did you have friends yeah. over and like sit around your living room and brush your teeth? <laughs> oh my God. So it was funny. <laughs> Not only did I do that, but, like every friend of mine like ended up with so many different types of bite and like it did not start off tasting how it does now. Like now I, I really like, I love how it tastes. But like when I first started, I was like, this is good. And they were like, no, this is not good. Like this tastes terrible. I was like, okay. You know, and so, and it was funny because my boyfriend was actually, he had a company that was being run out of, of the house that we were living in as well. And I would make them try like 10 different types of toothpaste or, you know, tooth tablet powder every single night being like, what do you think of this? What do you think? It was to the point where like, they were like, we can't taste anything anymore. We have no idea. Like, it's, it's all just tastes like mint. Like, okay. Um, so it was definitely, it was a process, and I have very patient friends. Oh, that's so awesome. Is it mint number five or mint number 342? <laughs> I'm like, do you like it with a little bit more spearmint or peppermint? Or what other? Like, Lindsay, we, we don't know. Sweet orange oil or the, no, we don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so awesome. That must have been a really cool process for you to develop this. And your reviews are great. And and the video is great. And the website's awesome. So I'm so excited for this. So if you're in America, you can sign up and you never have to worry about getting those toothpaste tubes again, which is super cool. And uh, (laughs) And if you're in Canada, we're we're working on it soon. (laughs) Yeah, which is super awesome. Cool. Um, Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for for doing all that you do. And thanks for coming on the show. And yeah, I look forward to, uh, to trying it sometime. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Laura. And uh, again, right back at you. I appreciate the interview. Thank you, Lindsay. That was Lindsay McCormick, all the way from L.A. She joined us to talk about her company, Bite Toothpaste Bits. 
If you like our show and want to help save the world from all this trash we're consuming, please consider donating to the Zero Waste Countdown. You can become a patron on Podbean. You can find me on Patreon. Or you can donate right on the website, zerowastecountdown.com. And if you're interested in seeing a photo of our guests, you can check us out on Instagram. That's zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you want to email me, it's laura at zerowastecountdown.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to all our listeners in America, Canada, Australia, Germany, the UK, and wherever else you may be tuning in from. Together, we're going to change the world. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.